G'day and welcome to another edition of the Two Dogs Podcast. My name is Kevin Hillier, of course, here for the Past Players and Officials Association. And my thanks to Ross Abbey and the entire committee and team for supporting this podcast series because uh, it's, it's a treat to do, I can tell you that. And I think it's a treat to listen to too. And I know today's is, uh, and I know you're going to enjoy it details in a tick, but I want to thank our terrific uh, sponsors, not only of the Past Players podcast, uh, this uh, Two Dogs podcast, but also of the uh, the Past Players room uh, in the Victory Room at uh, Marvel Stadium. Uh, and we'll see you there again real soon. Uh, but thanks to Dave Boxall, the owner of Midway Concrete and Gardening and Building Supplies, who's been a great supporter. And uh, we thank uh, Dave so much uh, for uh, being at the Games and uh, for uh, helping us out uh, with his support uh, through his sponsorship to Justin Whitford from PFG Australia. Uh, they, of course, uh, are on board this year. Family-owned business, fully independent group of companies, uh, three generations uh, of serving New Zealand and Australian tractor and machinery markets, uh, massively big company. So thanks to Justin for getting on board. Dave Marsh, of course, you all know Dave from Flash Fabrications. Uh, we uh, thank him for his terrific support. Family, of course, have owned that business since around about 2004, so it's been going for nearly 20 years now in Hoppers Crossing. And to uh, Noel Pearson Sons uh, from the Australian Luggage Company, who are great supporters as well. So thanks for your support, both for the podcast and uh, for the Past Players and Officials Association in general. And let's get into the two past players we're talking to today. Past players, past captains, past coaches. Uh, we've had them all on this podcast, and these two tick all those boxes together. Played uh, roughly, it's really amazing quite how similar their careers were at the Doggies. Uh, played, uh, came at the same time, played for about the same amount of time, played about the same amount of games roughly, uh, and are, are great friends today as they were when they first met up in 1974. I'm talking about Terry Wheeler and Jeff Jennings, a former senior coach of the club and a former senior captain of the club and it's uh, so nice to put them together and for you to have a listen to them having a chat on the Two Dogs podcast. So you're both, you're uh, both reasonably fit and well and healthy by the sounds of things? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> give me the body check first up. JJ, give me your body check. Uh, I've just had uh, I'm 12 months into double knee replacement, so I had them both done at the same time. It's good that I'm getting around the golf course again, so that's good, but I, I'm not doing the work I should be. I should be doing a bit more work on them. But no. anyway. Well, the way you cover the golf course, GJ, I'm sure you're getting a lot of exercise, mate. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Wheels? I mean, you, you banged yours um, up fairly good. Well, I, uh, so mine was hips. It was yeah. hips at the end of the day for me, and uh, I had them both done at the same time, just as GJ has, his, his knees done, and um, I reckon that was the best thing to do, GJ. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Youngy, he, he said, we'll do your left one, and then he said, as I was leaving, he said, then we'll roll your over and we'll do your right one. So um, <laughs> yeah. it made a heck of a difference. Yeah. I, I, oh, it does. Yeah. I mean, I think we pay a bit of a price for the period in which we played footy. Uh, physically, um, I'm sure they're getting dollars around now, but uh, there's certainly um, medicine and the and the services they've got are far more advanced than what we were able to access. Oh, definitely. definitely. Do you reckon the grounds, yeah. the grounds and all that, uh, were, were part of the reason why your era has knees and hip problems? Oh no, I don't think so. Like their grounds, but yeah, if it rains, it's pretty boggy. But I think it's more, like Will said, it's just the technology around things, you know, the 
the uh, the medicos. There's so more more advanced now. Uh, you know, like you look at the concussions. You know, no one knew anything about concussions in our day. Like yep. we'd, we'd wake up in the rooms and uh, you know, oh, you're right. Yep, okay, away you go. Mm. So or you. You'd, uh, you know, go and have a spell in the back in the forward pocket and uh, get your bearings back and away you'd go again sort of thing. So, And medically they didn't know much about it, all this stuff. It's all relevant to the times and uh, we knew what we do. We loved it and uh, yeah, we pay a price, I guess, but I, I wouldn't change it. No. And what that means, Kevin, is if you ask either GJ and I a question tonight and we say, oh, I don't remember that, Please understand why we don't remember, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Convenient convenient memory loss is what you blokes suffer from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the similarities between you two is quite unbelievable, really. You're both zoned to the Bulldogs out of fairly similar place in the the universe. Both debuted in 1974. Both finished at the end of 1983. Both had roles after your playing days with the club. And both had success as coaches elsewhere after you after you left the Bulldogs. So the enormous amount of similarities between you two. Yeah, we what? did step step the same path a little bit, but uh, yeah, um, we also went a little bit further with his coaching, of course, and and bits and pieces. But yeah, we started seventy four. We went to uh, the Institute Footscore Institute together. We started there with a brand new uh, phys ed course that only just started when we started. And uh, yeah, it was uh, the beginning of um, we did you know a lot together, and our other little mate Teddy Junior. He started when we did, and uh, yeah, it was uh, a special time. It really was a special time for us all, and uh, we certainly look back on it, and uh, we, we wouldn't change anything, eh, Wills? No, you wouldn't. And uh, in trying to think things through, I, I somewhat recall, GJ, that at the end of 73, for whatever reason, there was a post-season game between Footscray and Hawthorne being, being played in Canberra. And Footscray made the move of taking you, me, uh, KT and young Ted, all just the young group, up. And uh, that was sort of my first senior experience at that yeah. stage out of under-19s. And yeah. uh, and so when you look at that, Kevin, uh, you look that uh, then Jeff come and we both go and do our phys ed degree together. There was uh, there's quite a lot of similarities be, between he and I, um, and they actually went to the extent that um, Billy Goggin thought there were too much similarities between us, and <laughs> that he could actually fool the Essendon Football Club because uh, Jeff was playing very good football, and I can't remember the year, GJ, but. Uh, he was getting starting to get tagged, and so Billy had the idea. What we'll do is we'll put Terry Wheeler's number thirty-five on Jeff Jennings, and put Jeff Jennings number twenty-five on Terry Wheeler. So all I do is chase Terry Wheeler for the afternoon as number well, twenty-five. Good. Yeah, and um, it didn't just change our jumpers. Poor Eddie Walsh went and sewed, took the number two off Jeff's number. And put it on my jumper, sewed it on, and took the three off mine and sewed it on to Jeff. So Jeff's playing as number 35 and I'm playing as number 25. My dad up in the bush listening to the listening to the game was most impressed because I'd kicked two goals before half time. <laughs> it was one of the better players, number 35. So I do thank you, GJ. Yeah, no, I've got day. four for the day, actually. 
<laughs> it's interesting you said that with your dad because um, my auntie, my dad's sister, she went to watch the game. She was uh, she lived locally and she couldn't work it out. And she rang dad up and said, "He's not getting a kick." <laughs> and uh, she he had to tell him the change. It was just yeah, it was bizarre. But Billy, uh, Billy was a is a is a, a different coach. He was a bit ahead of his time, Billy, in a lot of respects and. Uh, yeah, no, one of the many stories we had that one. So thought, how did uh, you feel about that, Terry? What, then I was getting a kick? No, 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 <laughs> no uh, all of a sudden oh, you No, were... no I, I was happy with it because um, I thought, yeah, Billy, you're onto something here because um, um, Jeff was a very, very good player for us, excellent player for us, and uh, if we were to maximise any chance that he had to do better, well, that's wonderful, and... Uh, if the records were to show that I kicked four goals that day, and I thank you for number 35 <laughs> kicking goals, I would be very, very happy. But somehow that that uh, didn't carry over in my record. Uh, yeah. but I, I thought Billy, I thought Billy was wonderful for us when he he came up. He followed Bobby Rose up to us, and Billy just brought a real new breath of uh, energy and excitement. And uh, by gee, he was fair dinkum. You couldn't mess with Billy, but he was also able to find new and exciting ways for my, for me and for many of the other boys to play the game and, and to enjoy the game and to be somewhat successful in the game. And that's what happened, actually. Like in 76, we made the, the final, the elimination final out at Waverley with Billy's coaching. And uh, I thought he was a very, very good coach for us. Yeah, well, we went into that, uh, into those files. We were, we, we were a very hard-running side. Which was wasn't the pattern in those days, and uh, we were six goals up at Geelong at three quarter time, and we were probably the form team of the competition too in, in that respect. And uh, needless to say, we got rolled unfortunately. And Billy, who was a, a took on the whole of Geelong just about, I think, <laughs> as a mad punter. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was. Uh, I, th- I think. He, I'm a bit biased because uh, I, I was extremely lucky because Billy was uh, probably my most favourite player when I was growing up as, a, as an avid Geelong supporter. And I used to wear number 35 everywhere, everywhere. Then and next thing you know is he's come to coach us. So for me, that was a, that was a, a dream. I watched a bit of footage anyway. today of, of, of some of that stuff and I think it was 75 or 76 and the actual, the commentator, I think it might have been one of the ABC blokes, said, foot's great, too much handball, way too much handball. And watching it, it was like watching bloody footy today, the way you are moving the football. Yeah. He wasn't afraid to do things different. And I think that was the thing. He had us very fit too, very fit. Well, you talk about coaches, like, where's the same? Like, uh, in 10 years, we had six coaches. Six coaches in 10 years. That's unheard of these days. Didn't bother us too much. I guess we just had to get out and play footy, but it was uh, sort of a sign of the times. We we're very unstable in that regard. And uh, like Billy was there for a couple of years. Bobby was there. Maybe I think he had the year before we came. I think Terry did he. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you know Macca and uh, Louis, Louis Roy- Royce, and then uh, Mick. And six in ten years is pretty hard. <laughs> it's a pretty amazing, really. When you think about that in uh, in today's terms with the uh, stability of a lot of the coaches. Which one left the biggest impression on you, Wheels? Was it Billy Goggin? 
Oh, yes, Billy. I mean, in 19, he comes in, what, in 75, I think? Yep. I mean, I'm only like 20 years of age and I'm ready to run through anything that uh, Billy asked me to run through. He was very inspirational and uh, I, I really loved the way that he went about, as Jeff just mentioned, the, the fitness preparation. Um, Skinner Reserve in Sunshine, I don't even drive anywhere near it now because I, have, uh, I get shivers and shakes when I think about the amount of work that we did down there at pre-season. And uh, he certainly put us in good stead. And I can recall like at three-quarter time, if we were within three or four goals of the opposition, we, we just knew we'd outrun them. We knew we'd take it in the last quarter and go on. And uh, it was just a wonderful feeling, yeah. I thought Billy was wonderful for us. How about for you, JJ? Was it was it Billy or was it Bluey or was it uh, who was the coach who? Uh, I think Billy, Billy, yeah, definitely. I probably played my best football when Billy was there. Although the first couple of years with Thunder Bob, I only uh, I missed you know two half seasons basically with a shoulder and an ankle. So it's a slow start there, I guess. And then Billy came along, and uh, I think he probably had me as fit as I could be. Which was good, and uh, you know, like Wheels and I weren't big fellas, you know, but we uh, we needed to be fit. We needed to be a little bit quicker than the others around us to uh, keep out of trouble and also get into trouble. But uh, yeah, I think probably Billy probably had the most most effect on me. He had me doing a lot of extra work, which was good. The the, yeah. the thing that you get from a lot of the blokes who played in the in the era that you played in that sort of mid seventies through to the early eighties is that it was an underachieving culture about the club because there was there was clearly some bloody brilliant players but it never kind of equated to success on the field it, when you look back on it wheels is that is that what you feel about that era or not um i, I agree with what you're saying that perhaps we should have been able to achieve more but um i, I now look back and, and understand the realistic nature of the club and just the financial situation mm. that it it does stand pretty true still that in order to survive, the club needed to get funds in, and one of the main ways of getting funds in was to sell a good player. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you look at Quinlan, you look at Rounds, you look at, you know, and, and, and I think the Billy Goggin was Dennis Collins going to Carlton, and I think Billy, that was arc Billy up, and I think that was the, uh, that was the end of Billy that, that he told the club to go and plat themselves. Um, I think that was uh, that was the tough part about our survival as an organisation. Um, now nowadays, there's there's great uh, corporate sponsorship and involvement in the in the football clubs, but back then it was a sort of an internal way of raising funds, and I. I feel as though that's where we were caught. We had to get rid of the better players in order to get some money to keep us going, and I think that's where we all dipped out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like 74, 75, um, we are almost a modern-day side. We had a lot of big, mobile, big fellas. Mm. You, had, you had Quinlan, you had Dempsey, you had uh, Sockeye Salmon, Peter Welsh. You know, they're all big fellas. All very, very mobile. Laurie Sandlin's the full forward, the captain. Uh, and uh, some really good, tough outside players around the flanks and that. So, yeah, I reckon we underachieved, definitely. And then we had, to, what's his name, Saxy, uh, came over in 75, was it 75? Yeah, yeah. 75. And, and he, 
he was a polarising player in it. He had the ability to have the opposition wanting to, you know, bash him, but he was a brilliant player, an absolutely brilliant player. He could have, uh, a fit uh, Sashi could have taken a team that, that we had to, to uh, you know, chance to win a premiership almost. We such a big mobile team. What um, what were the highs highs the highs and lows of your time, Jeff? What 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 do you see as the the, the best the best oh, time and the and the hardest time? I think the the highs were just the fact that uh, the club gave me an opportunity to play AFL footy, or VFL footy in those days. As a kid, I just uh, I just loved it, live and breathe it. All I wanted to do is become a uh, phys ed teacher and play VFL football at the highest level. That's all I wanted to do, and uh, they gave me an opportunity to do that. First game, I uh, was probably was a massive high because um, I came down. I was uh, probably about oh, ten and a half stone, ringing wet. I think <laughs> you know, here the big mullet was happening, and which is back again today. But and uh, I got to play the first game of that year against Geelong, who I'd barracked for and had posters of all these players up. But just yeah, just having the uh, been given the opportunity to play and then meet Wheels and Ted and, and Laurie Sandlins, who I still see now up here in Queensland, and catch up with those guys. Just everywhere, just that whole part of it is Dougie Hawkins. That's the highlight. This is the friendships that we've uh, we've built and we've we worked hard together. We played hard together and we played hard off the field together. Yeah, that that first game against Geelong was a win. Which was unusual in those yeah. days against Geelong. It yeah. was uh, in front of about twenty thousand people at the at the yeah. Western Oval. You got thirteen disposals and kicked a goal. Yeah, well, I think the the first one, first kick was a goal, but then uh, I rode with um, Adrian Gallagher, so I wasn't going to get a look in. I was going to be in the forward pocket all day, and I can remember it. Uh, I think at three quarter time, Bobby Rose said, "Right, you're on the ball, Gags. You go down the pocket." And I got a couple of quick possessions out of there and I was blown. I was blown up because they hadn't had a run. And I went to go off the ball and uh, Simo, Simo came out, our runner, and he said a uh, message from the coach. He said, if you go and have a rest, you can come off the ground. So, uh, yeah, I learned very quickly, you know, take the opportunities. I had a good last quarter and uh, we got up and won the game, so that was pretty special. Your first game, Wheels, what do you remember about that? I remember, like it was 1974. I got, yep. uh, I think, I think I had six games in '74. Uh, that was my, my first year. I got a scratch six together, and I reckon, if not all six, at least five of them were twentieth man. Yeah, because we hadn't gone into interchange at that particular stage. And um, if you can appreciate what twentieth man does, he sits there with a the dressing gown on, and just waits, and waits, and waits. And waits until probably the 20 minute mark of the last quarter, and the coach says, Okay, on you go. And uh, Rosie put me on out at Waverley. We we're playing Fitzroy out at Waverley. He put me on with 10 minutes to go in the last quarter. And uh, I said, Where do I go? He says, Go on the ball. And uh, there was a ball up at centre half forward. And I get there, and Dempsey says, Stand there, son. <laughs> yep, I'll stand there. And I stood there. And he, he hit me right on the chest with the ball. He pounded straight down to me. I, 
I panicked. I kicked it. I don't know where it went or what, what I did with it. But Big Lurch, Big Lurch gave me my first kick out at Waverley in the mud. And uh, it's a very memorable place, that for me. And uh, Because unfortunately, Waverley was also my last game. So I started a career in the mud and ended a career in yeah, the mud. Yeah. I wonder I was a slow bloke. <laughs> uh, you weren't too slow. When did the sort of um, the, the, the relocation of the back pocket happen, Wheels? Because you weren't a back pocket player when you came down, were you? Well, no. So, well, the Footscray zone was the Latrobe Valley, yep. where Jeff comes from, and KT comes from, and Bernie comes from, and Randy comes from, and everyone comes from. But for some reason, there was this little pocket in central Victoria, uh, north of the Wurrialic Creek which Warburton sits in. <laughs> and so this Worry Alec Creek has become very definitive in my life. <laughs> and uh, so I was, I was invited down. I played a year of under-19s in 73 and then got a chance in, in, in 74. So um, that was my, my way of getting down to the, the dogs. So I, I, I come down. I'm only a young kid, 18, and just running around up at Warby. Uh, if you're playing at Warburton, you're the little rover and that's what you do. And I did ruck rover in the under-19s under Billy Hughes, the great Billy Hughes, yeah. who is uh, Ted Whitten's uh, uh, father-in-law. Was. And then I think Case, well, Case was managing the back pocket. Gordon Casey had the back pocket. And I, I, I can't recall whether it was an injury or a suspension or something happened with Case and it gave an opportunity for me to be picked into there. And so 1975, I think it was the Easter Monday game, we played Richmond out there, and I clearly remember it. We held uh, Richmond to four goals, and we beat them, even though they kicked 419. And um, I played on Kevin Bartlett, and uh, I had a good day. And and, um, Rosie said, yep, I think you can play, son. And I was very, very happy with that. Beautiful. (laughs) When you retired in '83, let's talk about the the. I mean, you had a, both had you know 137 games for you, GJ, and 157 games for you, Wills. But '83 was when it sort of all came to an end for the pair of you, and in different sort of circumstances. GJ, yours first. Yeah, I, I'd sort of I've had a number of injuries that I sort of kept coming back from, and uh, I just couldn't do the training to keep up to the level that you needed to be, particularly my sides. So well, Terry was a little bit tall than me and probably a little bit stocky, but we were, you know, two of the probably the smallest guys on the ground each week. I lost a little bit of my pace, which was one of my, uh, probably one of my strengths to be able to get in and out of trouble very quickly. And, uh, yeah, it just it became difficult. And uh, so it was probably, you know, didn't pass me by, but the injury sort of got on top of me where I just couldn't do the training and I lost a bit of speed and that, that uh that cost me dearly. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a sad time because I'd love to have played a lot longer, but, you know, that's, that's the way it is. I well, still you're 28, weren't you? Anything. I mean, the age of 28. Yeah. Yeah, that's young. Yeah, it's pretty young, isn't it, to retire, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it, it just come down to, uh, you know, a number of injuries and uh, getting over them and uh, just took us toll in the end. You too were 28 wheels when 83, but yeah. 83 played out differently for you, didn't it? It did play out differently. Um, number one, I think through a lot of 1982, the one-on-one competitive training, I was always challenged by Mickey Egan. 
and Mickey Egan's gone and done a good enough job on me to go and take the back pocket. And so that's fine. I've got no problems with that. And so heading into 1983, which was my last year at the club, um, Nick Collum, our president, said, uh, Terry, we have a pretty important job that we would like you to undertake for the footy club. Sure, Nick, anything for the football club. I'm, I'm here to do what I can. He says, great, we'd love you to be the permanent captain of the reserves. Well, you know your career's not going too far then, Kevin, <laughs> when you're announced as the permanent captain of the reserves. I, uh, I think I pulled out another three senior games during that year, but it was from halfway through the year that Merv Hobbs, who was a wonderful player for our footy club, oh, yeah. was down at Williamstown and Hobbs, he started talking to me about becoming a coach. And uh, so it was in 84, I moved down to Williamstown to be a playing coach. Yeah, and a magnificent uh, time that you had at the, the Williamstown Football Club. Geez, could spend uh, could spend days talking about uh, your time there. But uh, did, did did that role as captain of the reserves did did that kind of did that whet your appetite for the coaching thing because you were you were teaching young blokes who were coming through? Very, very much so, Kevin. I I, I look at it now. I think yeah, that was the great catalyst for what I was able to go on and, and do. Um, I was able to yeah, be a playing coach, so to speak, and, and, and cut my teeth there. And I, I look at that time now and think that was a wonderful introduction to, to coaching um, and how to play as a coach because that's certainly different. If you're a playing coach, you're not much of a player anymore. You're more coach or which way do you go in the ACDC? And um, so that was invaluable to me and I I thought it really put me in good stead to go down to, to Williamstown and have a, a five-year playing coaching career down there before returning to the Bulldogs in 89. Yep. I want to come back to that coaching yeah. stint in 89. But, Jeff, I want to ask you, captaining the club, as you did from 79 for a couple of years, uh, how, where, where does that sit in the, in the kind of, uh, you know – Pecking order of what you achieved at the footy club. Oh yeah, that's that awesome. It's something you always aspire to, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd love to have gone a bit longer, but as, as with injuries and that, that wasn't possible. But uh, yeah, certainly was a uh, something you to dream of. You know, there's a lot of funny things happen. You know, you get the young blokes like Dougie coming through and uh, running out with uh, Scragger next year and. They're having to pick him up and carry him back after the middle of the ground. You talking about Scragger now or Doug? Uh, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I, caught, I caught up with Dougie a couple of weeks ago at the uh, North Melbourne game <laughs> before he had to kick. So he. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, no, yeah so that, that, was, uh, that was a good day, as you could well imagine. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was a great honour. You know, to uh, you look at the uh, past captains, was anyone who can who gets the chance to to lead a, a VFL AFL club up there? That was, that was special, absolutely special. Was there much to it in those days in terms of you know were your responsibilities oh. with other players and things that they all they talk ad nauseum about these days? Well, there probably was, but you did. It didn't get the, the coverage that it does now. Like there's so under scrutiny now; it's ridiculous. You know, nowadays the press used to, they'd come out with us and, you know, they'd have a drink with us and uh, what was out there was out there and it wasn't reported on too, I guess, in a lot of respects. Yeah. Times have changed a lot, so, you know, they're so accountable these days. But, oh, no, you still spend a lot of time with the young ones. Um, 
in any leadership role, you've got a responsibility to do those sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, that fitted very comfortably with me and I just wish it could have been longer. Your experiences, we've talked to both you about your experiences as players at the club and then you both went into coaching. Uh, GJ, you coached reserves for a little while and then and then took a, an off-field role in doing some of the corporate stuff and uh, some of the hospitality stuff. Wheels, you obviously you came back in 89 as reserves coach. That's right. You came back and uh, so did a year under under Mick. Mick was coaching the, the seniors then. And then at the end of the year, Mick is signed to go to the West Coast Eagles um, and then the, uh, well, the proverbial really hit the fan then at the end of 89, in the October period, when the merger between Fitzroy and Footscray was announced by the AFL and uh, the entire fight back then fired up and uh, made a heck of a difference. Yeah. What gets lost in all of that is that you'd actually applied for the job before any of that happened, hadn't you? I did, yes. So Mick had gone to the West Coast Eagles and there was an opportunity to apply for the job and uh, I sat down and wrote due diligently and uh, as well as I could possibly write and and put it in. But then it was just, I don't know whether it was ripped up and thrown out, but it <laughs> certainly was of no use to anyone at that particular stage. Uh, my mum is from central New South Wales, so I, I like to travel up to that neck of the woods often and at the end of 89, I'm taking young Timothy, my son, we're heading up there. And as you go up there, you drive through the towns and the Herald Sun banners out the front of the news agents saying Bulldog's in trouble, merger is about to happen. And you start to think, well, what's that all mean? And um, anyway, we're up at the farm there for a couple of days and Auntie Dot comes out and said, Terry, there's a phone call for you. I said, he'd be ringing me here. She said, it's a Peter Gordon. Well, I'd never heard of a Peter Gordon. And uh, Peter said, we've got a bit of a pickle here. Would you coach us? And that was it. Yeah. Kevin, I'd written this wonderful application to be the coach. I'd done all the homework and all the preparation that needed to be done. And he says, do you want to do it? I said, how long do you give me? He said, I'll give you 30 seconds. I said, yes, I'm in. He said, Good. be back here tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock for the rally. Right, I'm coming. Yeah, it's Amazing time. Yes, Jeff. They couldn't have picked a better better person for the job at that stage either. It is just perfect for it. Absolutely perfect for it. Couldn't agree more. Mind you, after after the first round, you must have been thinking to yourself, Wheels, Jesus, what's going on here? Because Tony Lockett gave us the father of a hiding the, uh, on that on that first day when I think it would be fair to say that most of the players played the game before they even hit the deck. It's a pretty tough gig, isn't it? On the first day on your job. You get beaten by Recording 10 goals <laughs> and, and Plugger goes and kicks 10 himself. It's a tough day. Yes. But uh, I think the, the next week we actually then went away to Sydney yep. and played quietly. And um, the best thing out of the round one was this kid from skinny kid from Dalesford. Chris Grant played in that round one. I thought, well, that's good. Can I do that again? Well, is there another skinny kid? Yep. Yeah, there's one there from Warrnambool. And Leon Cameron came in that particular day and we went to Sydney and we beat him. And it was a, a wonderful turning point. For us. I've only ever been to one game in Sydney in my life, Wheels. Guess which one it was? <laughs> that one. You picked a good one. Then. I you did. You picked a good one. Keenan Reynolds and Leon Cameron <laughs> made their debut in that round two game and uh, that was uh, I was sitting with Glenn Wheatley and going, <laughs> you bloody beauty. Uh, yeah, a- you, think of the, you think of those ones that, that Wheels like relate up here. 
And I, I, when I came up, I had no intention in Queensland of coaching. I just shifted up here and so I ended up coaching anyway. So I've gone through a couple of teams and done all right. And then the Mount Gravatt were in a lower division and they wanted to come up into the state league competition. They fell in the, uh, I think Peter Kaminsky was the boss of the uh, QAFL as it was then. Yeah. And he got us in by one vote. I had no players. This is like February, 1st of February, uh, and I've got to get a team together in, in, in a month and a half's time, basically, from nothing anyway. Cut the story short, um, played Zulamir, who one of the perennial strong teams, first game, kicked the first goal in the first couple of seconds. How good's this? Then we didn't kick another goal till about the last. Two minutes into before the last song, we got beaten by over 200 points. We're driving across the story bridge, and I said, pull a, pull a car up to the, man, the, man, the manager. We're jumping off. <laughs> but then we played Southport, who had Warwick Kappa and Gary Dempsey, and they had everything. I rang up commission, and I said, make it a night game because the lights are terrible. Make it a night game. The rain come in, and we nearly beat them. So it's like Terry; th- things can turn so quickly. And then you took them to two grand finals, didn't you, Mount Gravatt? Yeah, two grand finals. Hot favourites in both, and got rolled. Unbelievable. Anyway, that's footy. That is footy. But yeah. well, you both have said the same thing. You know, you wouldn't change what the way it's gone down, the way it's happened for quids, and oh. and and that that's nice to be able to do that at at our stage of life to be able to sit there and say, yeah, no, I accept that, and and I like it. Ah, oh, definitely. The only kid I have, I don't get down to see these blokes more often. Do you like Which watching really the nice. Do you like watching the boys run around at the moment, GJ? Oh, I love it. I love it. My week, my week revolves around if they win, it's going to be a good week. If they lose, <laughs> crap week. <laughs> nah, all my kids, they're mad, doggy supporters. Oh, beautiful. Wheels, you you still yeah. enjoy watching the footy? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I probably don't get up to the the game itself as much as I could yep. or should. I just, I just love number thirty-five. He's good, isn't he? Cal- Callum's <laughs> carrying. I mean, you, you go back through thirty-fives of the Crediocs and the, I don't know the Wheelers and the Baxers. That this little fella is the best of the lot. He's wonderful and um, go, yeah, Callum. That's I, I saw, I, I saw that lovely video of you giving him the jumper, which must have been a real thrill for you. But even bigger thrill now when you've seen what he's gone on to become. Oh, he's really become something, hasn't he? Yeah. Just, Uses it, uh, a Charles Sutton medalist. Um, he'll go on to really great things for our club. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Hey, uh, thank you both for your time. It's been a bloody absolute pleasure catching up with the Periers. Thank you. Well, good on you. Good on you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I appreciate appreciate that, Wheels. I know you don't like doing a lot of this sort of stuff these days, but uh, <laughs> I do appreciate the fact that you've had a chat. Well, you won me when you said I was teaming up with GJ. <laughs> <laughs> that would win me over any time. Yep. That one, the catch, yeah. yeah. Good on Wheels you. Up. Thank you both. Thank you, I'll number 25. Down, Thank you, number 35, and number 25 and number 35. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Good on you, Kevin. Yeah. Thanks, Good on you, boys. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, thanks to Wheels and my thanks to GJ, two terrific blokes. Hopefully we'll see them uh, before the end of the season at uh, games at, uh, at Marvel Stadium and we'll catch up with them soon because they really are good blokes and they uh, serve the club exceptionally well on and off the field and uh, still terrific to, uh, to catch up with today. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks once again to our terrific sponsors, Midway Concrete and Garden and Building Supplies, BFG Australia, Flash Fabrications, 
and the Australian Luggage Company. So we thank you for your support for the podcast. Now, where you found this particular podcast, there's a lot more. Some of our great champions are featured in those episodes. They're all great champions. They're all great episodes. Uh, And if you haven't heard them before, go back and have a listen. But I hope you enjoyed this one. Until the next time we meet, take care. And more importantly, go the dogs. Watch your